As a teenager, you were controlled and confined by what others demanded and expected of you. In your 20s, you were consumed by what others thought of you. In your 30s, you realized you were still conflicted by what you truly thought of yourself. But now, in your 40s and beyond, it's finally time to live fearlessly, fabulously, and fully you. Let's go. Hey sis, welcome to In the Middle with Myra, and I'm your host, Myra Rollins. Hey ladies, welcome back to In the Middle with Myra, and I'm so, as always, so excited. And I know you all get tired of hearing me using the word excited, but that's just what I am. Um, It is my honor to week to week to week have you um, tune in to see what we can talk about to make us better, to make us grow, and to make us thrive. And when I thought of all those words, better, thriving, grow, I thought of none other than Shandria Riddick. Um, She has been with us twice before, and I will have links in the show notes to her previous podcast with us. One was When You Have Drama with Your Mama. That was actually our inaugural kickoff episode. Um, So make sure to go back and tune into that one. And then the second one um, that she visited us, which was um, on eating disorders. So, Shandria Riddick, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. It is really always an honor that I get to sit and talk with you, Myra. I love your podcast. It's really great. Thank you. That just made me happy. <laughs> but I'm going to put you on blast. She lying, y'all. She not doing good. She called me <laughs> and she was like, oh, my God, it has been a day. It has been a day. It has. It has been a day. That's the truth. (laughs) Well, um, that's even more so just why I appreciate you because um, you made time to stop by the middle, even though your day was chaotic. So I appreciate that. So just for our listeners who have not been um, blessed to um, hear who you are and what you have to say, um, can you tell them a little bit about um, yourself, both professional and personal? <laughs> well, yeah, of course. I am um, a licensed professional counselor in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Um, my office is in Capel Counseling, but right now I'm virtual due to pandemic and all that. So I'm doing everything online. So um, I've been in therapy, doing therapy or mental health for the past 20 some odd years. <laughs> Mm. Um, I've been married for, can I believe this? I've been married for 24 years. I have three children, age 20, almost 19 and a 13 year old. Um, and I love what I do. I love being a therapist, but I also love my family. So, um, that's it. I work and I do family. You work and do family. You have this cute thing on your personal social media that whenever there is a highlight for one of your children, your hashtag is mine. Mine. (laughs) They are mine. It's mine because the world wants to take them, but they're mine. They are yours. Yes. Well, listen, we're going to jump right into the content today. So a couple of weeks back, 
I um, put a filler out to my listeners who follow me on Facebook and just posed the question because it was the month of October. And I said, what are some of your fears? And people posted all types of things. But a reoccurring theme that I saw that I was very shocked to see was just basic anxiety that Mm -hmm. people struggle with just fears in general and one person said that she has a debilitating fear of snakes that going out in her yard or even just out to the car she just gets frightened another person just said that just life itself overwhelms her and it presents in the way of just being anxious all the time and so I just want to talk about that um so in general what is the best way to understand what anxiety is? Well, anxiety, it, it is a normal part of life. And when you're faced with certain stressors, like changing in your relationships, some some of us develop um, anxiety or have anxiety. We have to make certain decisions. We have a big decision in our life we have to make. We may have some sense of anxiety regarding that process of making a decision, um, fear of being in front of people. You have those feelings of just being anxious. That That's a normal part of life. However, when anxiety is persistent and if it interferes with daily functioning, then that takes it to a whole different level. That's when it's diagnosed. There are several different, you know, anxiety diagnoses, but but anxiety is a normal part of life. Just mm-hmm. it's just something that we have when certain changes or certain stressors happen in our life. Got it. So you know what? Mm-hmm. Most diagnoses, um, there's like common presentation like you know if you have this disorder or this condition because you can see these five to ten symptoms Mm -hmm. is anxiety like that or does it present Mm -hmm. differently with each person well it it does present differently but there are some common things that we look for right so common things in order to diagnose it when i say things like it interrupts your daily functioning things like um you can't sleep at night you have heart palpitations, you shake, shortness of breath. Some people have panic attacks, Um, you know, work, constant worrying, anything you worried about, everything and difficulty controlling that. There are certain things that happen that trigger that anxiety, a certain fear um, and a sense of impending danger or doom or panic. We look at those things in order to diagnose it. Mm -hmm. So yes, it it presents differently in everybody, but there are some common things that anxiety anxiety brings with it that helps us diagnose disorders. Gotcha. And so I heard you mention triggers. So with some people, do they have like, I'm going to make up my word and you're going to correct me, but like situational anxiety that I'm anxious about this thing. But do other people just have like a whole general anxiety that I am just every day in a state of being anxious? Well, yes, we do have some triggers um, of everyday things. Like if if you if you're concerned about financial financial things, right, and going out and spending money could trigger that anxiety inside of you if that's something that you're worried about. If you have um, conflict going on in your life and then you that person calls then that can trigger some anxiety Mm -hmm. that that can be a trigger for that anxiety if you're worried about um 
a diagnosis from the doctor and you go to the doctor, it, you walking to the doctor, riding to the doctor can trigger that feeling of, of anxiousness. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? Yeah. I mean, let's take the doctor incident that like, I'm worried about this diagnosis and I'm on my way there. And I feel myself with what you said, this shortness of breath, this feeling of impending doom. Like what are some things that I can do to get a handle on that? Well, one, I think having to look at what's going on, grounding yourself, and that's looking at, you know, your senses, what what am I seeing? What am I hearing? What is my body feeling? What can I taste? You know, just kind of ground yourself to look at your surroundings and, and you, you know, see, make sure that you're grounded and saying that I'm okay. You can do some deep breathing exercises, um, reaching out to a family member. You can may want to take a family member with you for support, Mm -hmm. Um, reaching out to somebody um, and just stopping and praying and just kind of bringing yourself in and um, grounding to say that you're okay. Because having those feelings, that, that, that's a normal kind of anxiety, right? I don't know what's happening. It's going to trigger some anxiety. But what I can do is I can ground myself to say, okay, I'm, you know, I have support. I've, I've prayed and I'm here. I'm present. I'm, I, my senses, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I've checked my body. I'm fine in this moment. Um, and it just kind of helps ease, take some of the edge off of all the, the heart palpitations and sweating and trembling. It helps you calm yourself down. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And so you said mm-hmm. even focus on like things in your senses, like the things that you can taste and see. Can you kind of talk a little bit more about see. that? <laughs> yes. Anxiety takes us away from our reality, right? Sometimes it's so filled with fear um, that we, it takes us away. So we get in our heads and we're forgetting what's happening, right? Mm-hmm. So we're forgetting what's around us. So if we think about our five tastes of sight, tastes of sight, five senses of sight, what am I seeing? What am I looking at? What's around me? Look at what's happening. I'm, I'm in the car, I'm in the seat or, or, you know, some people fear flying on the plane or, you know, I'm sitting in the chair. I'm good. What's the sounds? Is there something? Is there a sound that's frightening to me? What am I hearing? What am I tasting? What can I can touch? If all the things around me immediately, I'm fine. I'm calm. I'm here. I'm centered. I know what's going on. Then I can calm myself down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now I'm telling myself a little bit. So I know that okay. this might be a little bit more specific, more like a phobia, because like I said, mm-hmm. one person responded that they have this fear of snakes that is almost debilitating for me I have a fear of escalators going down (laughs) (laughs) to the point to where I sometimes will have to walk all the way around an unfamiliar um, airport separate myself from my family because they're like look we're going down these things We'll, we'll meet you at the bottom and so I have like had to have all these crazy inconvenient ridiculous and I know it's ridiculous like mm-hmm. incidents because I cannot get my butt on the escalator and so like how right. do you conquer things like that that you know makes no sense well okay so there is this thing that we we call that like the five four three two one and is, is when you're trying to ground yourself so you know in your head you know it doesn't make sense right so you try to get yourself to the place where where it something does make sense to you right mm-hmm. so we, we look around and 
we say you right before you get on the elevator, you say, what are five things that I can see? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You can see a clock on the wall. You can look at, up at the sky. You can see, you know, just look at the five things you can see. And then the four things around you that you can touch. I can touch my, somebody's hand. I can touch the wall and all that. And then three things that you can hear. What am I listening to? What's going on around me? Two things I can smell. And what one positive thing around you that maybe you can taste or whatever. So that's, mm-hmm. that's the, the whole five things. But you can get to a place where you can say to yourself, okay, so I'm okay. And what am I in this moment getting on this elevator? Um, you know, what is the evidence? What kind of evidence do I have that I've gotten off of the elevator? Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and so you can, you can kind of get yourself to the place where there's more evidence of me getting on this elevator and getting off fine. That's good. Mm-hmm. Sandria, like, have you ever been watching TV or something and your mouth's been wide open because you've been so into it? I just realized yeah. that my mouth was wide open because I'm like, I really <laughs> need to know this information because I want to get on the escalator next time I go to the airport. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So thank you. Because I'm like, all right, I'm going to five, four, three, two, one this thing. Yes. Yes. Now that's like a phobia where it's kind of unrealistic and you understand that it's irrational, but it's just your thing. But Mm -hmm. what about the person that it is very real and out of their control, like um, a mother's anxiety brought on by her wayward child that is just oftentimes whether it be drugs or making bad decisions and it just gets her in her head about a very real thing with consequences Mm -hmm. or um, a woman who's married to a spouse that overspends and them being evicted is not far off. But those things are real and almost out of their control. And it causes anxiety because of that, that they really can't quote unquote do anything to fix it or solve it. So how do you work on anxiety caused by things that are out of your control? I think there are things that are out of our control that do create anxiety. You know what I mean? I I don't know what else, what other feeling you can have outside of, you know, I'm concerned that this is happening. Where it crosses over is it when it becomes debilitating. So Mm -hmm. I always say, try to find a support system that somebody you can kind of bounce things off of that kind of keeps it within a certain framework. That's why support groups and counseling is important because you're not filtering all this anxiety through you, Hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you have somebody else on the other side of you that can help ground and kind of give you context around what you're going through. So Mm -hmm. if, you know, the whole husband overspending that is really out of your control. So to have anxiety relating to his, him doing something you don't want him to do, we have to kind of re- redirect that energy because he's going to do that. So how are we going to redirect our energy and what are we going to focus on as far as the, in the areas that you do have control in? You have control mm-hmm. of you. So really I say just kind of, having somebody, you know, next to you, of course, as a support system. But the other thing is not expecting things that are hard not to be hard. You know what I mean? (laughs) If you, it's hard. But so if you're expecting it to be easy or somebody, you can change someone, then that you kind of, you can create that extra sense of anxiety that can, you know, needs to be redirected to something that's a little, a, a lot more productive. 
Exactly. Mm -hmm. So redirecting your energy. I got, I kind of think about (laughs) like, you know, childbirth when they say it's not time to push, but it's time to breathe. And so take Mm -hmm. that same amount of energy and effort and thought and channel it into something differently. And and I can't stress enough to have a support system. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, you do need people around you you know, a good girl, if, even if it's not family, if it's a good girlfriend or a guy friend or something that somebody that you have in your life that can give you some context to help you in those times where you're feeling overwhelmed. Sometimes it's just talking about it that makes you feel better. They may not have an answer to give you, mm-hmm. but just breaking those things down gives you, settles you a little bit and may help and they may can help you see things from a different angle. Right. Not necessarily give you an answer. Mm-hmm. And, you yeah. know, hearing you say that I'm, you know, and I'm in you as well, because I know your friend circle and just probably I just know one little tenth of your friend circle. But what I do know is both you and I have um, friend circles and families that that run pretty deep. Mm-hmm. So um, for me to have a support system and and that's easy to identify but um to the woman in the middle that does not have that whether it be friends and family she just has never or in at this stage of her life does not have that what are some practical ways that you would encourage her to um, actually create or find a support system I think that one of the easiest ways of doing that, one, if she's involved in church, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's different kind of Bible studies that you can be involved in. And even if it's not for you going in to just t- say all your problems, just to see that there is a group of women that you can join once a week or however many times that you feel a part of something, that there is a support in that place, right. that somebody cares that if, if you show up or not, that that changes something inside of you hmm. um, to just to have a place where you can go to where it matters that you're there. So if you're involved in church or Bible study, something like that, that's always great. But there's also a lot of different um, uh, support groups that you can be a part of that you you know, I'm a therapist. So, you know, there's a support group for for any and everything. <laughs> so, you know, start starting, that, right? Yeah, there's an app for that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, there are people around you um, that, you know, I say this to a lot of uh, clients who are single, they spend a majority of the time, their time alone. And once they reach out to one person, they realize that they have a lot of things in common, that that person may be feeling the same way. Mm-hmm. Right. So sometimes you can reach out to people who are in your same situation and find support in places where you didn't think there was. Right. And, you know, just mm-hmm. um, definitely one thing I also recently heard was, you know, when you said like church groups and things of that nature, but not always looking for someone or a group of women, your exact age or, you know, that you can maybe it might be older women that actually may because of their season in life, they may have more time to pour into you. So, you know, being willing to expand what you consider to be a support or a girlfriend circle. Yes. My, my Bible said it steady. Everybody, I think there may be a couple of us, um, but they're all in their 70s. Wow. (laughs) And every week there's a technology problem that nobody knows how to fix. It's hilarious. (laughs) 
<laughs> but they are a wonderful group of women. And that if I don't show up or if I leave early, I got people calling. They check on me. Right. I missed you at Bible study today. What's going on? Mm-hmm. I looked at your eyes in Bible study. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So in places where I, in this place, I just signed up for a Bible study. I didn't know anybody. I didn't, I found it online. I joined it mm-hmm. and I found a group of women who are concerned and they're all over the United States. We don't all live in the you know, state of Texas. They're everywhere. And they check on me. Wow. It's incredible. Exactly. So in a place that I didn't even look for it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I found community. That's wonderful. I just, as yeah. you're saying this, I'm just thinking of, you know, the, the sitcom Cheers. Like sometimes you want to go. Or everybody knows your, <laughs> knows your name. Yes. And I think like, you know, as you said, people do struggle with anxiety because, you know, whether you be single and that's the problem, but when you're often alone, you don't have anyone to bounce these negative thoughts off of and bring it back into, you know, that reality. So, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and then when it also goes back to, you know, directly talking about anxiety in the times that we're in, in this whole COVID reality that we live. Have you seen with your clients and just, you know, amongst the you know counseling world that there's been an increase in anxiety because of COVID? Yes, I my practice, I was seeing about I was part time and mind you, pre-COVID, I was seeing about 10, 10 clients a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I right now I'm sitting at 30. Wow. Because of this whole COVID situation people are experiencing anxiety and heaviness. And I hear a lot of, or I don't know why I feel this way. I don't know why, you know, um, a lot of it, you know, solitude has been, you know, what was one solitude is now isolation, right? We just, we were all happy to go home. (laughs) And now that when they closed the outside, (laughs) we got to the place where like, oh, wait a minute, I'm here I have to deal with these thoughts and I have to deal with these inadequacies or I have to deal with this fear that I've been so busy. I haven't had to deal with or have so to deal with not these people, these people. Exactly. <laughs> or now I have to help my kids in school. Now my teach my kids, teachers were right. They don't pay attention. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so all of the things now we're really having to face with. And yes, the p- pandemic puts an extra pressure on top because it has created an anxiety you know, we're extra careful. We don't, we can't see it. We can't touch it. We don't know anything about it. We know it's out there in the air. We don't know, you know, no one knows exactly anything. Mm -hmm. And it does create a sense of anxiety just in general. So that on top of all the other things of being at home, yes, I've seen a huge increase Mm -hmm. of, um, you know, clients because of that. So like in general, like one of the things that I heard a person say that I've really been trying to remember is that, you know, she said that during this time, we need to focus on our self-care, but remember that even our children, um, Mm -hmm. they need times of self-care and things like that, because for them, this is a time of anxiety as well. So for many of us mothers in the middle uh, and trying to navigate COVID and, um, you know, manage the anxiety of our children, how do I know if my child is anxious because of what's going on with COVID? I think if you see some change in behaviors, things that they wouldn't normally do if they are wetting the bed, you know, and they, you know, they're five and six and they didn't wet the bed and they start wetting the bed or Mm -hmm. um, they're a little bit more cranky or they sleep a lot or, 
um, they're irritable or you hear a lot of self-doubt in their talk or they don't want to do things. If you see a, a marked difference in behavior, a marked difference in their language, maybe they may not be as hopeful as they used to be. You hear a lot of negative uh, words, uh, things like that. Then, yeah, they may be they you know, kids are having a hard time. They're very social creatures. Right. So if you take them out of that environment where they can't see their friends and they're not hanging out and they're not running around in the playground and things like that, they they have a response as well. They have an anxiety response as well. Yeah. So with mm-hmm. the world being closed and talks of it getting even mm-hmm. m- more closed. <laughs> so what are some things we can do for our kiddos if, you know, we can't say, hey, let, let, let's go to you know, let's throw a party for you so you can see your friends, you know, (laughs) what are some things that we can do to kind of help them through what we hope will be um, a wrap up of this horrible COVID time? Well, I've loosened up on a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things I do is I do let them play that just a little longer on that game because they're talking to their friends. So hanging out with their friends before was going outside and doing, you know, going to school. And no, you can't get off that game. You got this and you have that. Well, now (laughs) the game is the thing, you know. Yes. So that's how they communicate. So allowing them to do that, they FaceTime their friends or they can talk to their friends through the game and they, you know, So loosen up some things, you know, um, they can stay up a little longer on some nights, find activities you can do together. We ride in the car, we take car rides and we go places where there aren't any people. We can go to the lake and just, you know, (laughs) walk around. We go to Joe Pool and we just kind of walk around and um, when there's nobody out there Mm -hmm. and uh, take long rides or we go to the drive in because it's still outside and we can sit in enough distance in between, you know, try to find things that you can do. Um, You know, just you have to just be creative, but knowing that, you know, get their input on some things that they want to do, but knowing that they need something different. Right. So outside, going outside in the backyard, um, playing games with them, giving them options as far as um, TV time, movie nights, things like that, that you can make it a little more interesting, but also explain to them that this time is hard. It's hard for all of us. So it's going to feel different. Mm-hmm. So having that conversation that it's just going to be different. So things we have to do differently until we can make sure that it's healthy for us and safe for us to do things, go back to how it was before. We have to make a change and change is hard. It is. I know, mm-hmm. you know, cause I have um, two smaller kiddos and one is much more social than the other one. And so it has been much more of a struggle for her than my son. So you're right. Having those conversations and just being creative contact mm-hmm. thing you know is so oh, oh I'm so sick of COVID so <laughs> I know I'm over it <laughs> but you know back to directly um women and the issues that we face and one of the yes. big things is you said you talked about decision making causes anxiety but oftentimes what causes even more anxiety about making decisions is the fear of being judged because of it and I just know as women that is something that we are always just too much so preoccupied with that if I do this what will my mom say or my friends say or what will they think so just speak to the woman that's having anxiety about just feeling judged a lot by her decisions 
Well, there is a, a personality type that I've, I've come in contact with, and it's, it's this lady named Dr. Judith Orloff, O-R-L-O-F-F, um, kind of has this book about uh, this term empath, okay. right? So an empath comes from empathy. And a, a woman who um, that we kind of label as empath are highly sensitive people. And they're highly sensitive in that they take on other people's things. Mm -hmm. So sometimes part of that decision-making is when you reach outside to get the approval or validation of the other people around you, that makes you okay with yourself, mm -hmm. right? So people who reach outside and say, I'm going, I am judging what I'm doing based on the, their peace. Hmm. So if they're peaceful, then that makes me peaceful. And if they're anxious, I take on that anxiety and I try to resolve it. And I resolve their anxiety by changing my mind about what hmm. I'm doing. Yep. Yep. So that's a lot. And some, sometimes that's a personality type. And sometimes that's just learned because many of us women um, have learned that in order for us to be okay, everybody around us has to wow. be okay. And that's not necessary. That's not true because we can't resolve the conflict in the people around say us. That, say, we say, take say that one we more time. This is one of those, cannot, my mouth is open again. I guess you're talking to me again. Go. Right. We cannot resolve the conflict within the people around us. We can't. So we have to make the decisions that we can make. We can be responsible to the people in our lives by making the best decision we can in, for us, but we can't be responsible for them in that decision, wow. right? So I can be responsible too by making the decision, but when I make that decision, responsible for is on them. Ooh, my counseling mic dropped. That is so <laughs> freeing that I can be responsible to someone by being my due diligence and making the best decision and doing it with yes. a sincere heart. But once I've done all that, I can't be responsible for them and their reactions and their peace. Exactly. Girl. That's them. That's on them. You 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 charging me for this because that no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, I, you know, it's so important because I think we have learned not even it's been implied in the role of women. And I just want to go outside and scream because it is it has been implied um, to us that we are responsible for the people around us at all costs. Wow. And that is killing it us. Is. You know, it, it's taken our it's taken our purposes away from us. We won't even go in a direction of life that we want to go in, that we know we'd be great at. And we we have all the evidence that we'd be great in this area of our life. But we won't go because we have this implied pressure, this implied pressure that we imply responsibility that we're responsible for everybody. And if everybody can't go with us and if we can't um, make everybody happy by going this direction, we don't go. Yeah. yeah. So we sit around our lives and we're regretting and we have this undercurrent of discontent because we've made decisions for everybody other than us. That's good. And, you know, earlier you talked about like the um, five, four, three, two, one, grounding yourself in reality. And in this situation, mm -hmm. I hear that the reality that we need to ground ourselves in is that there is the high likelihood and probability that the decisions I make are not going to please everybody. Like, 
That's right. That's just, it sounds very simple, but I think oftentimes we do try to operate in this. What one decision can I make that will please everyone? But that's impossible. That's impossible. And there is no decision. There is no such decision that everybody's going to be happy down to what you cook for dinner. (laughs) Yes. It's just no, nobody's going to be, every, you know, and no one's going to be 100%. Leave me alone. You are okay. talking to the women in the middle. <laughs> this is not a podcast about Myra. Because who cooked three meals yesterday was me. Uh, no, ma'am. I have gotten to the place where I say, this is dinner. <laughs> you are welcome to dinner. That's it. Period. Period. This is dinner. And I have all the different tastes and you know, preferences. This is dinner. Mm-hmm. That's good. Woo. Yeah. All right. Let me move on to another something. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question <laughs> so I can process real quick. So oftentimes women feel that if I don't do it, it will not get done right or at all. And so those it's seem to be just endless. And that causes anxiety Mm -hmm. because it's like, I have all of these things to do. And there is truth in it sometimes that if I don't do it or them, it won't get done right. It won't get done well. So, you know, help us with that notion. Well, you have to, you have to choose your battles. Mm -hmm. You do. You have to choose them. You're right. Some things, if you leave it to certain people, it won't get done right or in time or (laughs) <laughs> the way you want it done. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. And so you have to choose what battles you're willing to fight. Some things are okay, not done. There are some things that are important. Some things are urgent, you know, and everything can't be priority, urgent, important in everything. Right. Yep. Right. So some things you do have to let, you got, you got to let the will go in some things and say, Hey, you, they have to take that and give that to them. And no, it's not going to look like you want it to look. It's not going to go the way you want it to go, but you have to choose that battle. Is, is that a battle you want to fight that it has to be this way or it really doesn't matter. There are some, there are a couple of nights a week that, that my people are taking care of dinner. Cause I said, I'm not cooking on these three nights. <laughs> so y'all have to, and I want to eat. But so I know on those three nights, I'm going to have something I may not. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. You, 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 you might be, you, you can cook. Dogs. It might be a chili dog, but I'm not in there cooking and I'm not cleaning it. So, so I, I'm, I, that's not a battle I'm willing to fight. But if there's another battle that's really important to me, you know, like fix, you know, painting something right. and I needed a certain color, then I have to say, well, I'm just, you know, I'm going to choose the color. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't leave it up to them to choose the color. You choose the color if it's that important, but you have to choose what's, in, you have to choose your battles. You're right. It's not going to look, it's not going to feel, it's not going to be the way you want it done. But sometimes to let go of some of that pressure, you have to, you have to get it off of you and you have to choose which ones you can do that with. Good. Yep. So just kind of going back to the previous point, like, you know, that you're not going to be able to please everyone with one decision. And that's the reality. And so the reality in this situation is that there will be things that are going to be late or not going to be done the way that you want it. And that is just that. (laughs) That's just that. And there are some things that I've I've realized over the course of all these years is that some things do fall apart. Mm-hmm. Some things don't work. And guess what? The day keeps moving. Right. Right. That's true. It doesn't have to take you out. It te- you can change courses and do something differently or, you know, but um, 
you, you, you can't be in control of everything that creates anxiety. You, you know, you're in control of everything and it has to go a certain way, has to be a certain thing. Letting go of that helps you release some of that anxiety and that pressure that you're placing on yourself. Good. Whew, I got one more question for the wrap up before the wrap. Okay. <laughs> so listen, you've given all us these very practical tips and let's just take someone like me who doesn't really struggle with anxiety as like a constant undercurrent. I can apply these things and probably have some pretty good resolution or movement pretty soon. But to the person that this is a debilitating struggle, but they know that they need help, but the thought of getting help increases their anxiety. Like the fact that someone's going to be poking at this wound and bringing up stuff and just messing with me. Like how, what, what would be your encouragement to her? Well, I, reaching out and doing something unknown is that it, that is a normal anxiety, mm -hmm. right? So you're doing something that you don't really know about. Yes, it's going to produce some kind of anxiety. So one, you can call a, a therapist and interview them. You don't have to take whoever that's on the list. You can have a conversation about their style. You can tell them about your fears associating with, associated with counselors. And you can get a feel of how they can address that in that one phone call. Hmm. And if you don't feel like you have a connection with them, go to the next person in line. You're not committed to anything. And any therapist is worth their weight, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, will we'll, we'll have that conversation with you. So before you dive in and go in and being afraid to tell all your stuff, interview them and ask them if they have any uh, a specialty, as expertise in this area. If you're afraid of the snakes or whatever, do you have... Um, uh, history, uh, expertise in this area. Ask them, do you have, what is your thoughts about whatever you're going to them for? You can ease some of that anxiety by just getting information to help you before you go in. Um, so that's the first thing, um, checking their credentials, looking at, you know, you can search um, anybody in their licensing board, make sure they have a license. You want to go to somebody that's licensed to deal with fears associated with a, a lot of anxiety, a life coach may not be the person to go through. Right. A life, life coach isn't trained in anxiety disorders and things like that. So knowing the person and the expertise of the per individual that you're thinking about going to is really important. Mm. Yeah. You know what that I can see, and I never thought about doing that, but I can definitely see how that would ease some of those fears. Just trying to, you know, you can just lack of a better term, like feel someone's energy, you know, and just how mm -hmm. they would relate to you and just getting some of their thoughts would definitely be helpful. But you, ma'am, you, Shandria, like you, you remember the quiet storm back in the day? And yes. you were just like that voice, that quiet storm piece. So I don't, I don't see anyone that would have an issue with coming to you, ma'am, for some of their... <laughs> issues yeah and problems. <laughs> I, I, I have had people that say you know what I don't want to I don't want to talk to you <laughs> I have had that so yes you know and some of it is just connection and and then a lot of it is expectation mm -hmm. if you go into therapy and say this person is going to answer all my questions and 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 just give me a one two three guide about how this can be better then you're going to be really disappointed yeah. because a lot of it is you working and um 
changing perspective. It may not be, okay, go home and do these five things and everything's going to turn out great. That's not what counseling is. Exactly. So the expectation that you're walking into, um, you know, having some healthy expectation of that environment you're going in is going to help you. But yes, I've had people walk away, (laughs) (laughs) come come to one or two sessions and never return. (laughs) I saw a t-shirt that said, I'm not for everybody. So... Right. <laughs> so listen, but for exactly. those of us who do believe that you are for us, tell us what you're doing, where we can find you and all of that great information. I have a website, ShandriaRiddick.com, and I am in, uh, I do individual family couples counseling. Um, I do have groups. I do what I, what's called a relaxed group. Now I'm going to date myself because I named my relaxed groups off of an episode in different, uh, in a different world that relax, relate, release. Remember Girl, you're that? talking to people um, in the middle. Episode. We we know what you're talking about. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, so when, when Debbie Allen was saying relax, relate, release, um, I, re- I named my groups after that because I love that one. But two, there is just a step-by-step, um, there's a process to go through to kind of deal with things in your life. So I have my relaxed groups where you just come in, I have a topic, we come in and we just discuss it. Like we, we did, we just did anxiety. So you come in and we talk all these things about anxiety. This is what to look for. And people ask questions, me being a therapist, they ask their questions and they're, you know, so that's the relaxed groups general. Then I have these relate groups where like five, four or five women for six weeks live life together. And we go in um, intensely into different subjects so women can address things in their life personally. So I keep it really small just because everybody can have that individual attention. And um, so the release groups were retreats, but because outside is closed, we're not doing that. That's going to, you know, come when we open outside again. But I love I do have groups. Yeah, but I do have groups available and, um, you know, I'm doing things like this podcast and I I have a book about marriage. Um, But yeah, pretty busy right now, but um, it's it's what I love to do. I love what I do. And it is so are truly, truly gifted at. And um, I appreciate you because you um, unpack some things for me that I'm about to um, go sift through and do my work on. And I am sure that you um, will bless and have blessed other women in the middle as they listen to this podcast. So, Shandria, as always, thanks so much. And ladies in the middle, as always, remember that getting older with style and grace ain't easy, but somebody has to do it. Why not us? Why not you? And why not now? And choose to make it a great day.